this is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Here, we talk about all things Minnesota sports. Wild, Wolves, Vikings, Twins. We cover it all. Try to take a deep dive. We try to break down players' development, how the trade market looks, how our GMs are evolving over time, and everything all Minnesota sports right here. Thank you for coming back to the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Today we're talking about the Minnesota Wild. A couple things we'll talk about is with Kevin Fiala and his recently signed contract from last week. We'll also kind of talk about Kirill Kaprizov briefly, not much there, and maybe looking into the rest of potential off-season tweaks and that'll kind of wrap it up i'll keep it fairly short 15 to 20 minutes so first thing off kevin fiello last week signed i believe it was on monday or tuesday it came out we signed kevin fiello to a one-year contract just over five million dollars basically splitting the difference when they went or when they were to submit what they were going to have in the arbitration meeting, one side submitted $6.25 million, the other side submitted in the $4 million range, and they kind of came to uh, in-between on that um, at just over $5 million. Um, it's In terms of the value for the, the Wild this year, for how, you know, how cheap that is, it's a good deal for the Wild. Just over five million for a guy that was on pace for about thirty goals in the eighty a full eighty two game season is fantastic. A guy who was on pace to get sixty points, and that that's usually typically around the six to six point five million range. Especially if you look at evolving hockey, and they've been pretty close to project some some salary averages and and what each player's market truly is. And you know it, it's it's cheap, so like. I'm looking at it, and it's like, okay, cool. But my issue with it is um, what's going to happen with Kevin Fiala beyond this year. So the positive thing is that he still remains our RFA, a restricted free agent, next year. And that's cool because we still have his rights. And unless someone has an offer sheet, which I, I don't I don't think that would be realistic on Kevin Fiala. Uh, but it could. It could. But that's just not a likely thing to happen. He, you know, he likely will get a deal from us if um he wants to take it though because that's gonna be the whole thing so like let's play it out let's say he has a really good year puts up 30 goals gets 60 points and his contract comes to an end well if the wild aren't willing to budge let's say now now he's 25 years old and we're not willing to budge to give let's say he wants eh, seven point five million dollars around the seven to seven point five million dollars a year um for four and you know if you want it for five years maybe it's north of seven point five does billy garing budge is he gonna budge especially when you have 14 million dollar cap hits essentially from years two three and four of ryan Suter and zach parisi so that makes it challenging it does make it interesting um the other thing is you could do a sign and trade still that that is that is what keeps it interesting you know, but it's 
it's also of if he plays even a really bad year and we do lowball him or not even lowball him at that point but he knows that he's getting a an offer that that is not mate basically what he thinks his value is because he knows he had his worst year so if he has his worst year this season why would he take that long-term contract that if he knows he wants to bet on himself and and get a contract that's more worth like what he's done is two years prior so either way he goes has a great year you know like he can just play it on a another one-year contract and, and bet on himself also. If he has a bad year, he can bet himself also. So it, it's, it, it'll be interesting. It's There's no sure thing the rest of this. We could trade him. We could sign and trade him. Um, we could sign him. Um, you know, he could walk into being a UFA, and that's, what's, that's what can't happen. So it's either he's got to be signed to a extension next season that's multiple years, or he needs to be in, included in a sign and trade. Um but he can't be walked into U. It's a UFA if I'm Bill Guerin. That just can't happen because you're not maximizing him as a trade partner with a trade partner because nobody's gonna truly value your asset at high when he's on a one-year contract walking in as a UFA. So you have to figure something out, uh, Bill Guerin, and it's got to be something that that is gonna maximize him as an asset and and also. <laughs> make him happy uh, because he has played good being here. Like, you know, like I think I, th- I just hope he doesn't feel like he kind of, Russo kind of alluded to it. You know, you got, you got to be feeling for Fiala. Like you're hearing seven, eight year deal offers to Kaprizov. Yeah. His camp turned it down, but we're offering it. We gave a, uh, we gave a long eight year contract to Eric Sinek. Um, and he's sitting out here with a one year contract. Um, getting paid five million, getting paid less, five point one million than Yul Eriksson X contract, um, and and I'm not saying that it it's right or wrong. I'm just saying like the facts are the facts. Like he might be sitting there thinking, how much of the Wild really value me, and things like that. And I just got the feeling that he actually did kind of want to be here. So um, it, it's it it's an interesting situation. Billy Garen is. You know, there's one thing for sure. Billy Guerin is trying to light a fire under Kevin Fiala because he also came late to training camp um, two years ago when he first got here, um, coming coming in from Switzerland. And it, I think he wants it to be known that you got to show me more and do more and keep, let's be honest, Kevin Fiala has not been known to be in exceptional shape. Um, not that he's not fast or in good shape. It's just that he hasn't been in exceptional shape and he's been late to a couple things and he's not always been a great defender according to analytics and the eye test. Um, it's, I think Bill Guerin starting to say, we, we need more. We can commit to you, but we need to see those things change. And I, I, we do remember him doing these things with Jordan Greenway last year, you know, not so not so much on the contract, but more so on the off the ice kind of thing. So, you know, it, you can see from both sides, but if you're Billy Guerin, you are taking a chance. You are, you are taking a risk at losing some leverage in the situation next year because the leverage slightly, ever so slightly, does go to Fiala as he inches his way one step, one year closer to being an unrestricted free agent. And again, to people that are kind of new, to this, what that means is 
every single team has a chance when he's at UFA to obtain his rights by offering him a contract, and he can choose. Opposed to being an RFA and the Wilder, kind of the top betters, unless something strange happens. And, and likely those situations don't permit too much. So we'll move on to Kirill Kaprizov. Kirill Kaprizov has been... The whole kind of situation has been kind of a little disappointing in the offseason. We were hoping to get him on a long-term contract, seven to eight years, kind of like the Yule Erickson Act, but higher AAV, obviously. We, we, I think we were thinking like between eight to time, nine million um, if we were going to go that route of that kind of length on the term. Unfortunately, it sounds like uh, Theophanasis, um, his agent just isn't isn't wanting that. He wants to, you know, I can understand it. He wants to walk him into free agency when he turns 29, which would be a five-year contract since he's 24 years old now. So it makes sense uh, from from Theo's point of view as an agent. And, but but if, if it's true that we're offering him five or six years for $9 million just and he's not taking it, I don't know what he's doing. Um, Kirill's got to get someone else to talk to because that's a great offer for a guy who just came off one year of playing and burned his other year because we bent to what he wanted. So it's not like the Wild haven't gone out of their way to accommodate his services by burning a year, by offering him something that's at market, if not slightly above market, for what he's done. You know, he's only just played 55 games. He wasn't exactly amazing in the playoffs, you know, you just hope to the issue is I keep saying this is there's a couple, there's a double whammy that I want to make aware of the double whammy persists of if you give him a three-year contract. Okay. If, if it's, it cannot, in my opinion, it cannot be a three-year or less contract because one in three years, he becomes an unrestricted free agent by his 10 and two contract. I won't get into that. Just know that his UFA status becomes that status as a UFA in three years when every team can bid on him. And if we give him that three-year contract, that would happen. So that would lead him right into being a UFA, unless you worked out a deal earlier. But at that point, why, why would he? Because he'd be turning 27 going into 32 teams potentially bidding on him. It wouldn't make much sense. Um, and then the other part of why it'd be a, it, it would really be tough to sign him, even if you if you did do a three year deal and you and you wanted to outbid every other team, is well guess what you have the Parisian suitor dead hits um, going into year four, right? And you have fourteen million, almost fifteen million against the books. So the caps around, let's say the cap goes up to about a hundred million, you're gonna have only about 85 million to work with opposed to most other teams, you know, working with over 95. So, and, and it's just going to leave you at a tough place to, to bargain at the table. And, uh, you'll want to be in a place where you can only offer so much money and the other team is just going to be like, we know how much you can offer. And that ends up being the deal breaker for his agent who seems to be acting like he's pretty cutthroat at this point. So that's why you don't want to go at three years. And if you're Billy Guerin at this point, if if his if he got to make a deal at some point um, before the season, 
yeah, I kind of walk it thinking into get that five-year deal. If you can't get seven or eight and he's being tough on anything long-term, get it five years at least. If you can get five years, maybe you pay a little too much. Maybe, or in your opinion, you pay like a 9.25 million per or AAV per year, or maybe you pay 9 million, you know, something like that. But that's what I'm looking for because then you have by year after year four, you have Parisian suitor out the books and then you can, you can kind of maneuver and you can use the full space of the cap uh, to your advantage when you're bargaining, when he hits UFA and, and, and that year before in year four, after that season, when he has that one year left, that's when Suter and Parisi's contracts come off the books. Cause you, you could all, you can always extend him a year earlier um, and give him maybe a little extra money for him to accept. Um, that's also a possibility. So that's something to think about with the Caprizov thing. Uh, when you think about how how are we negotiating, what does that look like? Um, again, Bill Guerin is strictly, he's shooting for a bare minimum right now at five because of the thing I just laid out. Okay, so um, just keep that um, away tucked in the back of your mind uh, while we go through the process. But I, I do have faith. If I had to bet, I do think we get him at five years. And I think it's somewhere between nine to $9.3 million per year. So, you know, somewhere at a 45 to $47 million contract across five years total. So it be interesting to see the last few things I will say here, you know, a couple things that I thought was newsworthy. Uh, Scott Wheeler came out recently with an athletic article about a week ago ranking all the prospects, top prospects in the world. Um, and we had two guys in the top 15. We had 13 with Boldy, and we had a, the fifth best prospect, I believe, of fifth or sixth best prospect with Marco Rossi. Uh, Rossi come back from myocarditis with his stint from, uh, you know, not not doing well with COVID over the winter, doing fine now, working out full time, now playing in some – um, some Austria international games doing well. Actually scored twice tonight, once in the shootout, once um, um, in kind of like a, a breakout play and, and just sniped it up top. Beautiful, looking nice. The clay skiing pretty good. A really nice finish in the shootout. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how if it was legal or not, but he just he just went right underneath the stick of and stick handled the the goal goalie and and scored. Overall, I've been impressed with the two games I've seen. He's had a couple assists now, two goals. Look like he hasn't lost a step in his speed. And so, yeah, it's cool to have a top 10 prospect with Boldy and top five on, on some people's charts. And then they had, um, you know, you have another one, Boldy, at number 13. And Boldy, it's pretty high, uh, 215 pro- top prospects. And a lot of nice things to see with the wild prospects going forward. Also mentioning there was another article on the athletic ranking the top 10 goalie prospects um, under 24 and Jesper Wallstedt recently drafted number 20 for the Minnesota wild in the 2021 NHL entry draft was ranked number three. That's quite, it's really nice to see. Yet uh, the obvious, uh, Yaroslav Askarov at number one, and number two was Spencer Knight, and three was Jesper Wallstedt. Basically, the summary of what he gave on him was he's a robot, and I would agree. He just 
he, he plays from line to line. So it's so clean. It's he never over over slides, over glides, over pushes to one side. His recovery's good. It, it's like you know the the summary it was is he's he is athletic. He is quick, but he doesn't use his athleticism drastically to get him out of position like some guys do. They over push or they, you know they over slide. Um, and his recovery and all those things are just so polished for a goalie. Got he kind of mentioned Carey Price a few times in other articles of kind of what kind of goalie does he resemble, and I would agree, he's just so perfect, you know. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully, there's been some questions about his health uh, in past years. One time, he's had two concussions and he's had a little bit of back injury. So hopefully, he can get that figured out. He is an 18 year old play, uh, prospect. Very young. It's probably t- at least two to three years out. But a guy that's on the rise. And essentially, if you take the top 30 prospects, we, we have three. We have a goalie, we have a center, and we have a winger. So it's exciting times if you're a Wild fan. You get to see that we do have some talent coming with the pipeline. And not only that, you know we have some good D-men. Uh, you know, O'Rourke uh, dropped in on last year. Um, in the second round, we have Murat Kuznadinov. Uh, from Russia, fortunately, I believe he's, t- I think he tore his labrum or he, he broke his, I can't remember what was going on with his shoulder, but uh, kind of like a six month or a four month process of recovering. He's fine now. He's skating. He actually has been playing some games recently. And, you know, we have Damon Hunt developing. We have uh, Paert, um from the draft this year. So we've had some interesting, interesting uh, depth in our prospect pool. So we'll see how that goes. But until later, uh, I'll probably get back with the wild podcast sometime next week. If there's any news on the Capriza front and maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, training camp and when that begins and when the wild could maybe make their next move. Other than that, goodbye. <laughs>